Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Celebration Church. So let's all rise and let's recite the Apostles' Creed. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Everyone together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us in our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, welcome once again. My name is Betts Castro. I'm Pastor Betts uh, with Celebration Latino. We get together at 10.30 every Sunday down at the other end of the building at Celebration Stage. But today, we're joining up today. My Latinos are here, right? <laughs> so um, you're welcome to come join us if you want to hear something you don't understand. All right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but we love you the same. It's all one church. We're all the body of Christ. So if you want to come join us, feel free to do so. If you know someone that does speak Spanish, you have a neighbor or some a co-worker, please invite them to come join uh, our service on 1030 on Sundays. Also, I just want to thank uh, Stevens Point and Appleton and those that are watching online. We're glad you're joining us this morning as well. So I just, I just want to get right into what we're doing today. Um, Pastor Mark is not here today, and he decided to replace a Puerto Rican with another Puerto Rican. And so, so I am here, and, uh, and, I, and it's a, it really honestly is a great honor to be here with you this morning. Now, what I'm going to be sharing with you today is a sermon that's called, If You Believe, Then Open Your Mouth. Okay? If you believe, then open your mouth. And I'm going to read right now in Luke chapter 1, verses 8 through 20. Now, it starts off saying, when, uh, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be uh, joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go, before, go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And now 
you will be silent and not be able to speak until the, uh, the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Okay? So imagine Zechariah in this moment. It's a great sight. He's there in the, in, in the house of God. He's burning incense, and he sees this amazing uh, presence, and he sees this angel. It's a great sight. He gets a little terrified, right? But here, this angel gives him this great message. His, his prayer has been answered. He's going to have a son. He and his wife, even though they're old, even though they're, you know, and that's not nice that he said my wife is a young, you know, but anyways, uh, I think he says, wow, this is going to happen, and, and he didn't believe. He just didn't believe it. Here he has an angel giving him this fantastic message. And at the end of it all, he ends up being a mute, unable to speak. Not because of the awe of what the experience was, but because he did not believe. Why did this have to happen? Simply because the angel said he didn't believe. And I see today as I look at the church today and the state of the church today, are we suffering the same and struggling with the same issues? Are we causing ourselves to become mute, causing ourselves not being able to speak? When you consider that in the time of this scripture, when it was written, that salvation wasn't, I'm sorry, in the context of the scripture was written, salvation wasn't even available at that time yet. They didn't have what we have today. And you can argue, well, maybe Zechariah didn't have an experience with God yet. Maybe, you know, he didn't have seen many great things. But, you know, but the thing is that he was a priest. He was in the house of God. He was in the presence of the Lord, okay, burning incense and doing all this. He was in servitude to him, okay? He should have believed. He should have believed if he was serving God. He knew what he had to do when he was in the presence of God, yet when an angel of God came to him to speak, he did not believe the word that was given to him. He did not believe the promise that was given to him. Now, I want to ask you this. How many of you struggle with this today in your lives? When you listen to the word, when you listen to the promises, are you believing that word? Do you struggle with believing it? And I can understand why we struggle with this at times. There are times when promises are made to you, whether it's an employer, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids. I promise I'll behave, Dad, right? <laughs> you know, and sometimes, it, you know, I promise I'm going to take the trash out and your wife still gets upset because you break that promise. But the thing is, we are let down sometimes, and I get that. But we're talking about God. We're talking about the Almighty. We're talking about the living truth. We're talking about his word. The promises are true, if you believe in them, if you believe in them, they're true. We are supposed to believe in his word and his promises. And in fact, we are, we are called, we're called to serve him as well. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, it says, therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night. They is us. We is, it is us. Day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will shelter them in his presence. Why would we serve him? Why would we do these things before his presence? Because he is worthy of all praise and glory and honor. That's why we do this. So if we are called to serve God, shouldn't we believe in the one that we serve? I think we should. We should believe in the one that we're called to serve. Imagine how different Zechariah's life would have been if he had just believed. His life would have been completely different Mainly, first of all, he would be able to speak, right? 
That's a bad day. I was just talking five minutes ago. All right, and now it's a, nothing. That's, that's tough. That's tough. Had he only used his mouth to praise God at this moment, had he only used his mouth to pray and thank God for the promise that was given to him, had he only used his mouth and his authority as a priest, since in, even an angel of God and one who stands in the presence of God came and spoke to him directly, giving him this word, he could have ministered to many others in a powerful way because of this testimony. But he didn't do these things. Zachariah's life would have been drastically different had he believed. What about us? What do we say when we hear promises of God, when we hear the word? We have so much more promised us to us today than they did at that time. Once again, they didn't have salvation promised to them. But we have that today because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. We've been given so much more. We have access to God. No more need of priests. There's no more Zacharias that have to do with burnt incense or sacrifices or anything like that for us. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ. He is our high priest now. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, it says the following. And I'm going to just paraphrase it here, but I'm going to skip down. It says, a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So Christ is always there in the presence of God for us. He is our high priest. The sacrifice has already been made. He is that great, that, that fragrant offering before the presence of God. That's something marvelous. That's something wonderful. And he did that for us. And that's why we sh- these, are, these are things that we should believe in because Jesus Christ paid that price for us. He paid that price for you and for me. So I'm going to ask you this. Why are you here today? I know that some of you are here because somebody invited you, and I'm glad you're here, and welcome to all the visitors that are here today. All right? I'm glad you're here. But most of us are here because we believe. Kind of. Maybe. Just a little. Right? We believe. That's why we come to church. At least that should be the reason why we come to church. But do you really believe? I'm going to challenge you today. Because if you believe, then you must exercise the following things that I'm going to share with you today. Because if you don't, you're going to end up just like Zachariah did. You're going to end up being a mute. So I want you to follow some, some points that I want to share with you today. It's a little acronym, and it's called CPA. Can I repeat that? All right. Now, I'm not talking about a regular CPA. No, so regular CPAs uh, are certified uh, accountants and all that. They help individuals and companies with financial planning and investments and buying mergers and acquisitions and much more, okay? They handle a lot of wealth and money, okay? And that's fantastic. It's a great thing to do. I could never do that. But, but, we are, but what I'm talking about today is, is a different kind of wealth, something of value to you and to me. I'm talking about salvation, Something that we should treasure. Something that we should be diligent in caring for and investing in others and in ourselves as well. So, CPA. The first one, C. And C stands for celebration. We have much to celebrate. We just celebrated just last week the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter Sunday. And what a great day that was. I heard it was fantastic service here. It was the same down in Latino as well. We are celebrating that Jesus Christ was risen up from the dead. 
Why do we celebrate him? Why? Because he conquered death. Because we have eternal life through him. Because we have forgiveness because of him. That's why we celebrate these things. How do you celebrate other things in your life? Sporting events, right? Packer games. <gasps> go, back, go! Right? Rattlers games and basketball games and there's a... Uh, keep forgetting what it's called, the, the, the March games. It was today's, today's, what's it called? March Madness. There we go. I don't watch basketball, can you tell? All right. So anyways, that's going on. There's a game today. There's final two, right? So, and you're screaming and you, you, the, the team makes this shot, the three-pointer, you're like, yes, yes. And if they don't make it, you're like, oh. And, and it, it makes an impact for a moment, for a day or two, maybe a week, and you'll talk about it. But then you kind of forget about it because it doesn't really make that much of a difference about how you're going to live your life. But when we're talking about spiritual things, when we're talking about what Christ did for us, that's completely different because this is a lifetime of things, of an impact that he has made for us. What he did for you and for me is something that no one else can never do. And that is something that we should be celebrating daily. And especially when we come into the house of the Lord. How is it when, how is it, do you open your mouth when you come into church? When the worship leaders are up here up front singing, are you singing along with them? Do you open your mouth? I know some of you do. You sitting up there, I need coffee. That's the way we are sometimes, right? That's not the kind of open your mouth, open your mouth I'm talking about. I'm talking about opening your mouth in praise. Sing, worship. These are the things that we should be doing. This is how we celebrate. Do you praise and worship God? Do you sing when they're leading? Do you shout out, hallelujah, praise God, glory to the highest? We should be doing these things because of what he did, because we didn't have to go to the cross. He went to the cross for us. I want to tell you, the worship leaders here and the singing, it's a fantastic singing team and, 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 and all that stuff. And we have a custom here after each song. We, all right, we give them a, for some people, I know some of you that are visiting today, when we applaud, we're not really applauding. We're giving the, the team an applause here. It's supposed to be a hand clap of praise to God. Okay? I don't like it that much, but we do it. But it's a substitute in praise. But really, I want to encourage you all to open your mouth. Praise God. Open your mouth and say something because he did something for you and for me. Do something. Say something. When we fail to open our mouths to celebrate what Jesus has done for us, we fail to recognize what he did for us. That's what happens when we fail to open our mouths. We fail to recognize what he did for us. I have much to be thankful for. Some of you know my testimony. I've been forgiven for so much. Okay? I've done drugs, adulterer, fornicator, robber, and all kinds of crazy stuff. The list is long, all right? But the list doesn't exist anymore. And I praise God Almighty for that because he did that for me. I no longer see myself as that person. And God doesn't know, he doesn't want you to see that yourself like that either. He sees you differently. 
He sees you as his sons and his daughters worthy of being in his presence. And we should celebrate. We should open our mouths because of that. Amen? Amen. And we have to do it. We have to do it, right? And I'm going to do it because I don't want to be replaced. I don't want someone else to do it for me. And look at it. In Luke chapter 19, verses 37 through 40, now, now, this is when Jesus, he's, come, he's going down the road, uh, down from the Mount of Olives, and, and the whole crowd of disciples are joyfully praising God in loud voices uh, for the miracles that they had seen. And they're saying, bless, in verse 38, it says, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples, I, this is Jesus saying, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Isn't that something? And one, one way or another, someone's going to praise me. I refuse to be replaced by a stone. How about you? Huh? It's time that we start opening our mouths and praising God because of what he's done for us. So letter one, number one, letter one, there we go. Get it together, Bets. Number one is letter C, which means what? Celebrate. Celebrate. Number two, P, prayer. Okay? Now, I, we shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to get into this that much, but it's apparent that I do. Prayer is very important in our lives. It is our, the only way, we, one of the most important ways where we commun- communicate with God. If you look at a relationship between you and your children, if you look at a relationship between you and your spouse, you need communication, right? You feel detached. There's a detachment. There's a distance. You feel a void if you don't communicate with, with, with your spouse, with your children. You don't know what's going on in their lives. I want to tell you that God wants to know what's going on in your life. Yes, he knows. You as parents, you see what's going on in your children's lives, but you want them to come to you. You want them to talk to you and share with you. God wants that from us as well. When we communicate with him that is something powerful, we grow closer to him. We build a greater bond with him, a greater understanding of who he is and what he's done for us. Now, there are times where Pat, when people will come to me and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? And, and I don't mind that. That's, that's okay. That's all right. And because the Bible says that we should come together in agreement and when we present our request before the Lord, all right? But sometimes I wonder, do they, do, have they prayed? And did they believe that God listened to them? That's a tough one. Now, the thing is, is that it shouldn't be like that. You should believe. If you're going to talk to somebody, you should believe in who you're, who you're talking to, Right? Now, I want to tell you something. Back in the church that I was raised in in Milwaukee, there was a Spanish church, uh, Pentecostal church, and they would have a special day, a pastor's recognition day. All right, they would bring gifts and sing special songs for the pastors, which they don't do here that much. <clears throat> tint, tint. All right? Um, so, but, but seriously, it's a special day where they bring gifts and sing, you know, great songs. And um, there was one song that, it, that, I, that came to my mind it's a very nice song, and forgive me, I haven't um, rehearsed my vocal cords today, all right? But it, it goes like this. 
Ore por mi alma, ore por favor. Sé que tu oración Dios la escuchará. Ya no tengo calma, no resisto más. Órale a mi Cristo, ten de mi piedad. Ya no tengo calma, no resisto más. Órale a mi Cristo, ten de mi piedad. And that's it. And that's the chorus. And that's the chorus. And what this song is about, it's really talking about, it's, it's, it's a person who had drifted away from God and was coming to the pastor and saying, pray for me, pray for me, because I know God will hear your prayer. And that's not true. He'll hear your prayer as well. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, we're pastors, we're leaders and all that stuff. But the thing is, I'm no better than you. I have a different calling than you but I'm no better than you. The position that I have before the throne is the same as yours. We are all before the throne of God. And you need, we need to understand that. We need to believe that he's gonna hear us when we communicate with our Father. We all have access to God. In Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, it says, let us approach then... God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can come with confidence. Now, the King James Version, it says boldly. We can come boldly before the throne of God. And this is something Mark always talks about. He loves King James Version. It's a stronger, meatier version and stuff. So he's right. Don't tell him I said he's right because, you know, But anyways, you know, don't tell him I said that either, okay, please. Uh, <laughs> he'll never let me preach here again. Um, but the thing is, is that we need to start opening our mouths, okay? We can come boldly. And what, what boldly means is that, for example, if I were to come to your house, I can just come right in, go to the fridge, and take some milk out and say, oh, no, I'm lactose intolerant, put that back, get the juice out, bring some juice, drink it, put that back, drink some, close the fridge, walk out. And your kids are like, who's that? <laughs> and you say, oh, that's Pastor Betts. Now imagine the angels before the throne of God. You're like, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, Father, I need to talk to you. I got this going on in my life, and I need your help. And I just want to praise you. That's it. And you go. Angels are like, Wait a minute, that's our job to be before your throne. But it's like, no, we all have access. We can come boldly before the throne of God. And that's something marvelous. That's something fantastic. We have access because of the blood of Christ. We need to start opening our mouths and praying to God and believe that he will answer us. Now, the last one is letter C, authority. What does authority have to do with believing? It has a lot to do. In Luke chapter 10, it says, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. That's pretty powerful talk right there. That is pretty powerful. Now, the, the thing, the key to this, this whole verse here is that they need something to listen to in the first place. That means someone needs to be speaking to them with authority. We need to open our mouths, people. 
We need to open our mouths. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Now, the, sca- the snakes and scorpions aren't literal uh, snakes and scorpions, okay? It's talking about difficult times, things that can hurt you along your walk of faith, okay? So I don't recommend you walking on any snakes or scorpions, okay? Let's don't do that. That's not what it's really about. It's about walking with confidence. We have an authority. God is with me. I can do things, all things in Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. In Matthew chapter 10, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Now, this is an authority to make an impact in other people's lives. That's wonderful. That's a great authority to have. That we're not only being self-serving and only seeking for ourselves, but we want to make an impact in someone else's life as well. And we have the ability to do this through the authority. Now, then this next verse in Luke chapter 7, verse 8, I found this one very interesting. It says the following. This is, this is one of the, uh, a captain of a, of, a, of a team of soldiers. And it says, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to that servant, do this, and he does it. I want you to notice how he exercises his authority. He speaks it, and something happens. Now, I share this because authority isn't about a right. It's a committed responsibility. That's what authority really is. It's a committed responsibility that we all have. And we have the responsibility to heal others, to cast out those impure demons and spirits. And they are real, just so you know. Okay? This is real. And to preach the gospel of salvation. That's what we got to do. We need to open our mouths if we want things to change. We need to believe in the one who has given us this, who have, who has given us this authority. We need to believe in him. We have to exercise the authority. And this wasn't just for the disciples. This is what for, was for everyone, okay? We need to open our mouths, people. We need to be thankful for what Jesus has done for us. Open your mouth and C is, what is the letter C? All right, Celebrate. We need to draw closer to God and communicate with him in prayer. Open your mouth and? All right. We need to see changes in our lives and and make an impact on other people's lives. Right? So we need to open our mouth and use our God-given authority. That's what we have to do. Nothing gets done if you don't open your mouth. Nothing gets done. Nothing happens. Now I want to share, I want to finish with the same thing story that I started off. I want to finish with Zechariah. Now, remember this. He was, he was a mute for the entire pregnancy of his, his wife's pregnancy. His wife may have liked that, all right? <laughs> but imagine his life. He had to write out everything. He had to communicate. And it was more challenging. His life was more difficult. All because he didn't believe in the first place. The truth is, the truth was, is that the, the promise was not vacated just because Zechariah didn't believe, though. The promise was not vacated because he didn't believe. The promise is true, and it came, came to pass. In Luke chapter 1, verses 62 through 64, it says, Then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like the name, uh, the, to, to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, again, probably, and everyone in astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. 
Immediately after that, his mouth was open and his tongue was set free and he began to speak and praising God. Wow. So even though he didn't believe, it still happened. But because he didn't believe, he faced a challenging time in his life. It made his life more difficult. So I guess you have to ask yourselves, am I making my life more difficult by not opening my mouth? By not praising God, by not worshiping God? Am I, not making my, am I making my life more difficult by not praying? Am I making my life more difficult by not speaking truths into my life using the authority that God gave me? Am I not using that same authority and making an impact in other people's lives? I want to tell you the promises of God are real. Salvation is real. The promise of Christ coming back is real. The promise of the judgment day is real. Don't wait until judgment day and that you're before the throne of God to start believing and praising God. Don't let that happen. We all want to experience more of God in our lives and in the lives of others. Thing is that we need to just start doing a little CPA. Let the next time you come through those doors bring something. The Bible says this is a house of worship. Worship him. Worship him. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I'm not yelling at you, I promise. All right? But you got to do it. Exercise this. Do this. All right? And you will see things happen in your lives, and you, won't, you will face less difficulties, and you'll make an, an impact in other people's lives as well. If you believe, open your mouth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for your word and this opportunity where we can learn that we need to open our mouths because we believe in you. And forgive us if we have failed in these things. Help us, Lord, to exercise CPA, not only for us, but for your glory and for the difference and impact in other people's lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you, Celebration Church.